Thanks for joining us today for our Freedom Podcast. We are excited to grow with you. Today, you will hear a message from the life-changing Word of God. We hope this podcast adds value to your everyday life. If you want to find out more about this ministry, visit our website at wearefreedomlife.com. Welcome to Freedom. I want to believe, but. I think in our hearts, we've all felt that sort of prayer come out of us at one point or another. Man, I, I believe for miracles more, but I, I'd give more money to this cause or that cause, but I'd, I'd, I'd want to commit myself to this whatever, but I'd like to follow this occupation in my life, but, and we always want to throw in those little Disclaimer, so that we can oftentimes, can I be honest, if we're honest with ourselves, sometimes there's a legit reason there, but other times it's just an excuse. And so it's not cut and dry where every single time it's one, you know, it's definitely one. But I think we've all been to places in our life where we have felt in our heart, I'd really like to believe, but. And so I felt impressed to... um to do this series of different thoughts the next few weeks here. Um, and I want us to kind of follow because when God created Adam and Eve, he, his delight was to make us in his own image. He made us in his image, right? Uh, in order for us to be with him, talk to him, live with him, and live for his glory, not our own. Right? How many know you were created for his glory, not for your own glory? Right? I think we could, most of us could agree with that, yes? We were created for his glory, not our own. But why is it that when we get into his presence, we still make it about us? You see, time and time again, time and time again human beings, we have failed him because we have failed to realize and misunderstood that a revered God is a respected God and a respected God deserves our attention. And so sometimes we don't realize how deep we're in the hole because our lack of belief sometimes comes from a lack of commitment. Sometimes. Sometimes we've just been dealt a really difficult card. And I appreciate those of you that prayed as I was away this past week. I appreciate uh, those of you that allowed. I want to say thank you, Sammy, for preaching a great message last week. Phenomenal. just a wonderful presence I hear. Just it was a great service. And, uh, you know, every single week we get together and commune like this. But yet, why is it so difficult that even though we get into these wonderful services and wonderful things that happen, sometimes we still go through the week and we struggle because we want to believe. Everybody say it with me. But. And so that excuse, right, that excuse becomes a crutch that we hold on to. And we can't stand in his presence if we're leaning on the world. Very difficult to stand on our own two feet when we're like this with the world. Okay, God, I want to believe, but this I see, so I'm going to go ahead and stand on this. Ridiculous, right? Imagine if I preached like this the whole service. 
Please try this. Some of you are like, please do that. Ridiculous. You just want to see me fall because I would. Right? That would be ridiculous. But, but this is what I see. I don't know what's underneath this carpet. I can't see it, so I can't trust it. So I'm going to have to, this is what I could see and this is what I could hope for. It's no different. The things of God and the people of God, we have to understand that we live in a different, we live in a different space of faith. But there's some of us, even in the faith, right, that we, we, we struggle and we say, man, I really want to believe, but God is longing for a relationship with you so that you could see deeper. And so our problem is that we say to God, let me see what you can do so that I could believe. Like, show off so I can show up. God says, show up so I can show off. Now, I use the word show off respectively. You understand? Like, God don't need to show off for anybody. He's, he's a sovereign creator of the universe. But I did that just to kind of understand that there's a difference between us showing up and God showing off. Because I don't care how great you are up here. If you don't know Jesus, this is a show. Right? I want to believe, but. This morning, specifically, I want to talk about how we often think, um, and it's, I want to believe, but God doesn't always answer my prayers. So that's this morning. I want to believe, but God doesn't always answer my prayers. And many believers have miserably failed and fallen short of their relationship with God. And because of that, we often don't hear God because we have disqualified ourselves because we don't want anything that's uncomfortable. And if you truly want to change the world, anybody want to love God, love people, change the world? I'm loving our shirts that I see, rocking it. Appreciate that. Love God, love people, love God. That's it's a constant theme with us as a church. And that's not something I thought of. That's Jesus. He said, love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. I mean, he thought of this. Not some mega church guru pastor. Jesus didn't even have a mega church. He had 12. He had a small group. Jesus had a small group and he changed the world. What can we do with a hundred plus people in a church? Can you imagine if we tapped into this idea that I want to believe but, and instead of saying I want to believe but, say I want to believe because? Switch that. I want to believe but, or you can say I want to believe because. You see the difference there? That all of a sudden we went from maybe I can believe to I have no choice but to believe because he's good to me. So what if we said, God, if you never bless me again, I want to believe because. I want to believe because you pulled me out of the miry clay. You pulled me out of the muck and the mire as one, one version talked about. You see, once we put our trust in him, we realize that he is not a genie in a bottle. And so many people see God as a genie in a bottle, right? 
If you just say the right thing, you know, kind of caress God with some praise, maybe then he will then come out and give you your wishes. You get three holy wishes. Right? What kind of twisted theology is that? I went to this church, Freedom Life, and they just prayed, and they said, Lord Jesus. That's not our theology here, nor shall it ever be the believer's theology, that somehow he's a genie in a bottle, and if we just say the right things, he'll pop up and be like, what is your wish? Your wish is my command. That would be ridiculous, wouldn't it? It's why many people have come to the place where uh, even Mark Batterson said this, God is not a genie in a bottle and your wish is not his command. His command better be your wish. Gladly. God is not a genie in a bottle and your wish is not his command. Instead, his command better be your wish. It better be what you strive for because that, my friends, is what grows the kingdom of God. That, my friends, is what changes marriages. That, my friend, is what changes the school. That, my friend, is what changes your workplace. That, my friend, is what revolutionizes your devotional life with him. Come on, don't get quiet on me. I will preach for three hours. I will. I got to make up for last week. Nowhere in the Bible, nowhere does God indicate that his blessings are for sale. Nowhere. Even to the people that can write the big checks. His presence, his blessings, his favor are not for sale. So we have to be very careful. And the notion that somehow giving means receiving, that somehow it's, that's the way it works. Now listen, I do believe that when you give, God blesses. Don't get me wrong. But he, he does that on his end, not because we are doing that. Or we're saying, God, I gave, now you give. Your turn. Okay, God, I give time, you bless me with time. I know when I was in college, I wish God... Uh, would, would uh, flex on time because I needed time for a paper to be due. Come on, somebody. Anybody in school know what I'm talking about? You were in school and you'd be like, I have something due tomorrow and like eight hours and I forgot about it. Come on, somebody. Or you have a deadline at work that you're facing. You had something due. All of a sudden you're looking and you're going, wow, can you just hold the sun right now for a moment, God? Pull a, you know, Old Testament Joshua moment or you know, just stop the sun for a moment and just let me make up some time. Anybody? Or some of you stand in front of a Scantron. Remember Scantrons? Remember Scantrons? It's your number two pencil. You know what I'm talking about? A, B, C, D. Right? You're like, Lord, give me in, in divine insight right now. Which one is it? Do, don't do what I did once upon a time. I, I didn't know what the answers were, and I knew nothing about this thing. I totally blew it, and I just did abacadabra all the way down, hoping that somehow, magically, I would get the answer. <laughs> it's the dumbest thing I ever did in my life. I failed so bad. I said, that magic is bogus. No abacadabra for me anymore. I told Tommy I wanted my money back because he told me he had it. Clue to make me pass the test. 
Just do abacadabra. Works every time. Okay. Abacadabra. Fail miserably. Why? Because I asked the wrong source. When we pray, we have to understand prayer is not about gimme, gimme, gimme. It's about be with me. Be with me. Be with me. I need you, Holy Spirit. Amen. So let me answer this question for a moment because I want to build on it. Why doesn't God sometimes answer our prayer? Can I give you just three quick? This is not my points to the message. This is a sidebar. This is like a little cliff notes thing. You ready? This is just a side little thing. You don't have slides for it, anything like that. This is just something that I, I wanted to share with you. If you don't hear an answer, check these three things before you go any further. Number one, have you sought his face, not his hands? So some people want an answer, so they seek his hands. Look, gimme, 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 right? How about we don't seek his hands, but seek his face? I want to know you. I want to know you and the person that is God. And maybe we, we also can look at the second thing is seek fellowship. We, we kind of run this course with no church, no fellowship, no community. Why don't you find somebody in the church that you can pray with? Why is community so important? Why is being here so important? Because community was important to God. That's why even in the New Testament we read, don't forsake the gathering of yourselves together. Why? Because we find wisdom in counsel. Yes? Yes? Okay, I want to make sure you're with me on that one. Because, you know, people say, well, you should go to church. Well, that's just pastor saying you should go to church because that's what pastor is supposed to say. No, listen, if you don't have fellowship, you often don't have some of the answers you need because sometimes that answer is found in good counsel. The Holy Spirit uses people. Last I checked, the Holy Spirit isn't in his believing crew, right? So if God is in his people, then why wouldn't he use somebody to give you an answer? Why couldn't he use somebody? The, he can use the worst among us or the best among us. It doesn't matter. It's just who's yielded at the moment. So seek his face, seek his fellowship. The other thing is seek his word. Lord, let me see, what does your word say? Because we think that God is an on-demand God. In an on-demand world, we want on-demand answers, right? I want to see a movie. We no longer pull out a DVD or VHS. Remember VHS? Remember that? DVD is even almost outdated anymore. Now everything's download stream automatically on demand, on demand, on demand, on demand. And then we freak out if we got 30 seconds of an ad. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Who's gotten spoiled like that? You're like, what is this ad? Perfume? What is this? 30 second ad? I got to wait all this time? And you know, the younger generation deal with that. I remember I wake up on Saturday morning for the cartoons. Anybody remember waking up Saturday morning cartoons? I get up and I wait, and I had to wait through four minutes of commercials. Four minutes! That's an eternity. Kids are like, I'm going to collect Social Security before this is over. Four minutes? I'm like, I I did that all the time. Remember when, okay, I'm going to go a step further for those of you that know what I'm talking about. How many of you waited by your cassette player and waited for your song to show up on the radio and you hit play and record right when it was going to be on? You waited for your song. You, 
You queued up your tape. Some of y'all laughing, but you know what I'm talking about, right? You queued up your tape, you get it right to where you want it, you slide it in there, close it up carefully, and then you, you're waiting, you're waiting. Oh, not that one. Now I've got to wait three and a half minutes or four minutes. It's coming. I know they play it every Friday. I spent my Friday nights in front of, in front of the... You know why? Because sometimes you couldn't record it right from the thing. You had to put your radio in front of the other radio. Right? You play it and then you put your radio. I'm recording. And you record, you're watching this, right? And... This has nothing to do with my message. I don't know what just happened. I think I went on a rabbit trail. Sammy, help me. Corey, we'll edit it out in post. But you follow what I'm saying? Like, to wait, and and this is where I'm going. I actually do kind of have a point here. Like, to wait is too much. But there was a time where we had to wait for what mattered. How much does God matter for you to wait for him? I used to wait 20, 30 minutes for that song so I can hit play and record together. Now you can download it instantly. Boom, there it is. Subscribe to a feed, a stream, and whatever, and you get it. I want a song. Siri, tell me. Hello? Like, we get everything right away, on demand, on demand, on demand, and we expect our prayers to be the same, and God is supposed to honor that on demand. And you say he's no genie in a bottle, but yet we expect him to operate like one. Sometimes it's a matter of stopping and saying, I've done everything I need to do to wait on him. And if I have to, I'll wait longer. See, God doesn't exist to serve us. We exist to serve him. George McDonald said this, I find the doing of the will of God leaves me no time for disputing about his plans. It's about his plans. We don't exist to serve us, or God doesn't exist to serve us. We exist to serve him. And you know what? I have no time to dispute his plans when I want to do the will of God. I can't say, God, let your will be done, and then he reveals it, and you're like, well, I don't know about that one. Then. Like, I only like the ones that I like, right? It's kind of like, it's kind of like digging in the cereal box. When I was a kid, I remember digging in the cereal box, like, for a toy. Like, mom, if you're listening, I'm really sorry about this. But when I was a kid, they'd be like a cereal box with a toy and be like, you can get collect a set of six or eight or whatever. And it's like, right? And you get a toy inside. Remember that toy? You know? And, and so I, I'd be like, nobody's around. I'd be like, <laughs> all the way down. And I'm reaching around. And then I find something, and then all the cereals everywhere, and I'm like, got it. 
know, we kind of pick and choose what we think is good. But if we did that and then we had that one, we go, oh, man, I have this one already. All the mess, like Fruit Loops everywhere, Apple Jacks, Lucky Charms. I was very unlucky if my mom found out that I spilled Lucky Charms all over the place. But isn't that the same way we treat the things of God? We're like, God, God, God. And then when he reveals it, we're like, oh, I don't know about that one. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Like, sometimes if, I, if I'm, we cooking at the house or something, if I'm cooking something and the kids are like, Dad, I'm hungry. What's for dinner? And they're like, hungry. And then I'm like, here's what we're having. They're like, oh, I'm not hungry. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Like, all of a sudden, what you said, you were hungry a second ago until I mentioned what we're making. I love it. One time my kids were really little, and one of them, I don't remember which one, said to me, why do you always make adult food? Like, what? What the, the world is adult food? I mean, I guess it's not like chicken nuggets and mac, mac and cheese. I guess that's kid food, right? But there's some kid in all of us. Hello? You got some good mac and cheese? I'm, I'm sorry. Some of you, I better not say food because y'all start. Then you forget anything else I say after that. Because you're like, you know what has a good place after, after church that has good mac and cheese? And then I lost you. But are we like that with God? Where we say, God, let your will be done. We want to seek your will. And then he says, okay, then give me this. And you're like, oh, oh, time out. Nah, I'm good. I'm good. But sometimes our prayers are like that too, aren't they? Let's be honest. Let's, if we're going to call an ace, an ace, let's do it. Let's call our prayer sometimes is, Lord, I want to hear what I want to hear, not what your will is. And I have no time for disputing your answers when I really want your will. Is that good? So let me give you, if God is not an on-demand God, then what is he? Number one, God's heart is always loving. One, if you're taking notes, write that down. God's heart is always loving. Let's look at Romans 8. Turn with me to Romans 8. You with me? Romans 8, verse 35. I'll give you a minute to turn there. We believe the word of God is true, and we believe we need to read the word together. So I never apologize for reading the word or having you open up to it. Romans 8, 35. And then I'm going to jump to 37, 38, and 39. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword. Verse 37, no. And all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor demons nor present nor future nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And the church said, God's heart is always loving. So before we start saying that I'd like to believe, but God doesn't hear my prayers because I'm not loved, I want you to know he loves you. What often the breakdown is between his love and his will, we get lost somewhere. We're quicker to accept his love and less quicker to accept his will. Because love is easily acceptable where his will demands something in return. 
See, his love doesn't require you to love him. He loves you whether you love him or not. Can we agree to that? Yes? We can agree that he loves us regardless of whether we love him back. But the other is a different story. When we are required to look at his will, now we have to accept that and give over in obedience. That's where things break down, and that's how come sometimes we pray out of the flesh, expecting an answer in the spirit. Or worse off, we pray in the flesh, expecting something in the flesh. That's when it's bad. Because God, God is a spirit, and them that worship him must worship in what? Spirit and in truth. That means that he answers in spirit according to his will. But we get a fleshly answer, or we think it is, and we say God doesn't love us. God very much loves you, and that's why he gave you truth. So he gave you an answer. Whether you like it or not, he gave you an answer. Now it's just a matter of whether we, we, we will obey it or not. Does that make sense? God doesn't prove his love when he answers our prayers. God proved his love when he sent his son. Okay, I'll say it again. God doesn't prove his love when he answers our prayers. God proved his love when he sent his son while we were still sinners. He doesn't say, um, let me answer you the way you want me to so that you know I love you. Because if he truly loves you, he'll give you what's best for you, not just what you want. I love my kids to no end, but I have no problem saying no. If I know that if I say yes, it'll hurt them. Because as their father, my duty is to protect them. And sometimes no is a very, very loving response. Come on, say this with me. Say no can be a loving response. Sometimes God says no. And we're like, no way, I must not be hearing right. God said no. He said, whatever you pray, I will give it to you. Be very careful how you interpret that. When you pray according to the will of God, he will give you the desires of your heart. So it's a matter of where your thoughts are. Can, I, can, you, can you check with me just a few more moments? Because I want to give you the second thought. God's ways are always higher. God's ways are always higher, right? So the first thought is God's, uh, God's heart is always loving. Now his ways are always higher. His ways are higher than our ways. So we look at Isaiah 55. Those of you taking notes, follow this down. I, Isaiah 55 verses 8 and 9 reads like this. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways. I was on a plane the other day at 35,000 feet. I was above the clouds. I was above the clouds, 35,000 feet on this plane. And I'm looking down and I don't see any truck, any house, any land. You know what? I see clouds. Clouds. I see the wing of my plane and clouds. I go to the other side, wing of the plane and clouds. No matter where I go, I see clouds. Why? Because I'm at a different place. And I can't see above the clouds. Just for a moment, 
That's not even heaven. The Bible talks about three heavens, by the way, and it's layers, right? It's the, so that could very well be the first heaven. But, you know, there's another and another. Can you imagine? That's just 35,000 is like the closest heaven. <laughs> How much higher are his ways than our ways? Just let that process. And so when, when he responds, he's responding from a higher place. So the reason why we can't always understand it is because we're at a different place. So what we need is an attitude adjustment and an altitude adjustment. Right? An attitude to change our hearts and be willing. And then an altitude adjustment that we walk in obedience. Christianity requires two things from us. Right? Commitment and consistency. Write this down for those of you that are taking notes. This is, this is tweetable right here. This is tweetable. Christianity requires two things, commitment and consistency. And here's why. Commitment will get you started, and consistency will make sure you finish. I'm going to say that again. Christianity requires, and it's not a quote on the wall or anything. Listen, we need two things, commitment and consistency. Commitment to start, consistency to finish. So what we want to say is, God, let your will be done because your ways are so much higher than my ways. There's so many things, there's so many reasons why sometimes we feel like God doesn't answer our prayer. So many things go wrong. How many ever prayed because something went wrong? Some of you know, some of you had a child that was born with deformity. Some of you had known somebody that died early in their life, early, early in their life, and you think, man, that was way too young. That shouldn't happen. Maybe a natural disaster took the life of someone at a young, young age. I can't explain it, nor can I understand some of the travesty that happens in this world today. I don't understand that, and I can't explain it all. If I could, I would be God, and that would be a scary thing. We can't explain it. Any God that can be explained is not God. We won't know all things, but we can know the one who does. Amen? God's ways are higher. Say it with me. God's ways are higher. Why am I telling you to re- Because you need to tell your spirit that. And sometimes it coming out of your mouth will declare it for yourself. You need to understand God's ways are higher. Third thought, and here it is. I'm going to close with this thought in a minute. Number three, God's presence is always, listen to me, always enough. Always. When we, when we launched this church, we launched this church out to be not better than any other church. Never has that ever crossed my mind, ever. My, my desire for the church was never to be better or bigger or faster or more efficient. My desire for this church was simply to listen to God, to reach the people he's called us to reach, period. And the way we did that is to realize that God's presence is enough. So every single week, we desire to put out an experience where you can walk into a room like this and experience God's blessings with the minimal, minimal distraction from man. That's why we strive for excellence, but not perfection. We'll never get there. That can become a hindrance, right? Strive for excellence, but be careful with perfection because then your mindset is, oh, that wasn't good enough. I need to try again. No, it was good enough. It was my good enough is good enough for God as long as it's my good enough. 
my best is always good and acceptable in God's sight. So what do we do? We realize that where I lack, he makes up for because God's presence is always enough. You, you with me? God's presence is always enough because if I don't have his presence, I don't have anything. Right? And so when I come up here and I prepare through the week and uh, I appreciate many of your prayers this week. I wasn't even sure if I was going to make it because I, I came home uh, from preaching last week. I was, you know, I was in Indiana preaching. Great church, a phenomenal church out there preaching. And then I got home and things were really good for a few hours. And then some sicknesses hit our home and we were like, what's going on? And so the, for, the, for a few days, I was real touching God. I wasn't even sure I was going to be here. But you know what I said to God? I prayed. I said, God, your presence is enough no matter who stands on this pulpit. As long as your word is declared, come on, right? If Jesus cracks the sky, he's not going to go, hold up, Freedom Life Church, y'all can't go. Pastor Tony's not here. That's not how it works, friends. He's looking at each one of our hearts saying, where are you with me? Do you smell like smoke? Are you going through some things? Are you struggling with why? God doesn't answer your prayers. What is it? So, so my heart for this entire series is this thought. Let's begin to switch our minds from I believe God, right? So the, the series is called I Want to Believe But, right? How about we change that and begin to say every single week, instead of I want to believe but, Change that to, I want to believe because. And then begin to say out loud to yourself, look at me, to yourself, I believe God is faithful because. And start to uh, show and, and speak out the blessings that God has given you in your life so that that will feed your spirit to believe him for more. You with me? If you begin to speak out and declare how good God has been to you, all of a sudden the attitude of gratitude takes over. The attitude of gratitude is a game changer. It's a game changer. So here's my thought here. Oswald Chambers said this, and I'm going to close. Beware of reasoning about God's word. Obey it. Stop trying to make heads or tails over it, Oswald Chambers is saying. Instead of trying to make heads or tails, it's why this and why that and why this and why that. Remember his ways are higher. In our ways. Beware of reasoning about God's word. Just obey it. Now you say, well, blind faith. I'm going to tell you blind faith is still faith. Believing him. That doesn't mean you have no brain. That doesn't mean you're brainless. That doesn't mean that religion is your crutch. Because that's what the world will tell you. Religion is just a crutch. I don't, I don't believe in religion. I want to deal with that in the next few weeks. I want to talk about religion. And why so many people want to cast down religion. But I'll, I'll deal with that another day. But here's my thought to you. And here, here it is. You ready? Our job is to obey the word, not to always understand it. That's the Holy Spirit's job, to help over, to help explain as he overshadows us with his presence what his word is trying to tell us. Amen? So what's the big idea I want to tell you here today? Here it is. Here's my thought to you. If we could come to a place 
if we can come to a place where we say, God, I know you're true, and I don't understand why sometimes I pray and you don't answer that, I still trust you. Come on, that's a great place to start. Amen? A great place to start is to say, God, I believe you are true and let every man be a liar. How many believe that with me? Let God be true and let every man be a liar. That's the big idea here today, that we say, God, I don't always understand it. I don't always get it. There's times I pray and you don't answer the way I want you to, but I believe that no is an answer, and I'm going to believe you for great things. Amen? Come on, all over this room. Let's just bow our heads right now. Come on, all over this room. Just real quietly, just bow your heads. And I'm going to ask you a few questions before I close in prayer. Just close yourself out with the Lord for a moment, if you don't mind. Just for a moment. Are your prayers more focused on submitting to God's will or asking him to carry out your desires? How did you come to praying this way? How, how is it? How, how come we started getting to this place where it's about our desires? Are there any areas of your life where you still don't understand God's plan or how he's involved? What do we do? I think I answered the question earlier, but I'll repeat it. Seek his face. Seek his people. Seek his word. And not necessarily in that order. But you can't go wrong with seeking his face, my friends. His desires that you would walk in freedom. Because the church is full of broken people serving a wonderful, perfect God. And today is no different. So our idea is simply this. My demands are not exactly his commands. Well, let's pray right now, right where you are. If you're online, bow your heads. If you're here in this room, bow your heads. Close your eyes just for a moment. Dear Heavenly Father, forgive me for those times that I've been demanding in my prayers. Forgive me for treating you more like a genie in a bottle than the almighty God who created us. Guide me and my prayer life, O Lord, that I may submit to the perfect will of God in my life. As I trust you and the path you've laid out for me and my family, God, I pray, may my heart be subtle with your word. May my heart be settled with your promises. Not to be anxious over everything that happens, but instead be alert because your ways are so much higher than my ways. Come on, if you can, just lift up your hands for a moment right where you're seated, right where you're standing, wherever it is that you are. Just, I want you to say this with me right now all across this place. However you feel led to say it, but repeat after me. Say it's like this. Say, Jesus, I want to hear you, but I have to know you. Help me to seek your face. Help me to seek fellowship. Help me to hunger for your word that I may follow you and seek you in spirit and in truth.
Come on, say it like you mean it. Say, Jesus, I want to seek you more and more every day. I want to believe because you're good and your mercy endures forever. In Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Come on, take 30 seconds and just reflect on the Lord and just say thank you to him. Can you do that? Right where you're at. Just say thank you, God. I want to have an attitude of gratitude. Thank you that, God, you are open to speaking to us. You're open to showing us the way when we are lost and we, we pray and we don't understand why our prayers feel like they hit the ceiling and they drop back down right on our face. And we're like, God, I don't understand why. Help us to understand you love us with an everlasting love. Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this place. Come on, just invite him. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. You're welcome here. Let your presence fill this place, we pray. In Jesus' name. Stand with me one more time, would you? Church, hear me closely. As your pastor, it is my desire to see you grow. And sometimes there's a thing called growth pains. Something's hurt. When you hear it, something's hurt. When God says it, something's hurt. When you pray and God answers and you're like, Ugh, I don't know that I like that one. But realize that everything works together for the good. For those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Not our own, his purpose. Amen? And so you want to believe, but no. Let's begin to change that. And every week, our desire is to change that. I want to believe because... I can say, I want to believe, but he didn't answer this one prayer. How about we change that? I want to believe because maybe there's one prayer he, I didn't get the way I thought, but there's so many other prayers I prayed that he answered. How many know that he's answered more prayers that blessed us than ones that, hello, disturbed us? Hello? I know I've been there. More, God has answered more prayers that blessed me than disturbed me. So those are the things I focus on. I don't always know why God said no. And some of us are not in relationships or jobs because we asked him to answer. And he said no to that. Even though we wanted it. We wanted it. We wanted it. We wanted it. Whether it's a relationship, a job, or something. And God said no. I know it's best for you. And you're like, God, you never give me what I want. But then, all of a sudden, we're like, ah. You saw what I didn't see. Amen. Sometimes God, and you know what? He shows people around us, amen? Things that we don't see. So church, hear me closely. When you come to a fellowship like this and you ask someone to pray with you, I want you to know we were going to pray. We're going to pray with you. And it's good to receive wise counsel.